Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Some great insights to start the day with. Next up is Joseph Holm of Draper Goran Holm to explore why Dubai, where I'm based and Joseph is as well, has become home to such a large contingent of blockchain startups. During the conversation, we also have Ali Madhavi of Blockchain Founders Fund, who will follow with his panel of experts. But first, I'm heading over to Joseph. Hello, everyone. Now I feel a bit bad that we're not talking about what it is that we're learning from crypto or what we've learned from crypto, but uh, nonetheless, very excited to have this discussion about how Dubai has managed to attract blockchain startup in droves. Of course, I am joined by, as already mentioned, Joseph Holm, founding partner of Draper Gorn Holm. I'm also joined by Ralf Klabishnik, founder and board member of CV Labs, Saeed Aldavmaki, founder at Shisha Finance, Dr. Marwan Al-Zaruni, the CEO of the Dubai Blockchain Center, and of course, Fatma Al-Zafdi, blockchain technology product manager at Do. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I know you're all sitting in Dubai, so this is a late night session for you all. So thank you so, so much for joining. Thank, thank you, Tracy, and thank you for having us. Of course. Now, to kick things off um, and to manage this in an organized fashion, I'm going to throw the first question out there. Um, and I'd like to kick this one out specifically to Ralf Labishnik. So feel free to add uh, later on, guys. But I would be curious to know what are the key ingredients for a successful and flourishing startup slash blockchain ecosystem? Oh, I think we just lost Ralf. So then let me open it up to the entire group. Um, yeah, so uh, Dubai, I think, uh, has long been at the forefront of technology as well as innovation um, and also trade and, and tourism. So uh, it's, it's no different in, in, in this case. Uh, crypto and blockchain technology is an emerging technology. It is uh, where the innovation uh, you know moves at a very fast pace uh, and we want to be uh, a part of it and and uh, actually lead it and ralph is back good segue <laughs> perfect because i think Ralph, you always have a very good answer prepared to this <laughs> so let me ask you what are the key ingredients for a successful and flourishing startup slash blockchain ecosystem um, so, uh, I would say, uh, we have maybe, uh, five key ingredients. Uh, the first one, maybe the, um, the solution itself, the, uh, density of the solution, the, uh, right talent or the right team who will be actually driving this solution to the market. And then if we have the right team and the right solution, then we should have the go-to-market strategy for this startup. And if we have the three, the main three, which is the solution density and the right team or the right talent and the go-to-market strategy, then they are um, uh, at uh, the uh, the level to have the fundraising. So this would be the uh, the number four, and number five would be the regulation to govern this startup and allow them to scale and build a sustainable solution. This is in my opinion. So I think you could group it into essentially capital, talent, and infrastructure. Is that fair to say? Exactly. And the solution, yeah. Perfect. If we take that as sort of the main criteria, how does Dubai specifically match up to that criteria today? Okay. 
So uh, talent, uh, I believe um, Dubai is a multicultural environment and it has the, all the diversity. So um, based on that, uh, it actually attracts a lot of skill sets and to find the, uh, the right talent and right skill sets, it's not um, difficult uh, comparing with the other countries uh, worldwide. Uh, so this is for the uh, finding the right talent. The infrastructure, there are a lot of um, uh, organization and uh, giant uh, cloud uh, um, organization providing the infrastructure to the edge, as well as also uh, providing the uh, security controls that required for the governance and the regulation in the country. Joseph, how do you think Dubai matches up on the infrastructure, talent, and capital front? Hmm. I think unfortunately you might be having some internet <laughs> connectivity issues. Huh? Techno the technology is not smiling upon us today. <laughs> um, the, back the background is great, yeah, but the, the, the sound is not coming uh, through. Yeah, let's try. Let's try with Said. Yeah, I think um, I think Dubai has really the the best kind of um, ecosystem and infrastructure at the unit uh, at the moment. Um, the crypto community and the blockchain community, especially since COVID, has started to kind of move into Dubai recently. We've seen an explosion in the number of people that are based in Dubai that are focused on crypto and blockchain. Um, mm -hmm. As Fatma alluded to, there has been a lot of development in terms of blockchain in general on the infrastructure side. You're seeing a lot of layer one blockchain solutions that are coming out and being a part of um, Casper Labs, uh, which is a company that built Casper blockchain um, and with the focus on enterprise, I think it's been great for us to have a presence in the region and we're doing a lot of really good stuff here and we're having a lot of really good conversations but I think also um, in terms of um, funds or ecosystem funds that are coming up that are trying to support startups coming here, especially in terms of capital, which was alluded to, um, you have the likes of Shisha Finance, which is incubating and seeding projects on the token side. Um, and then you have um, one fund, which is going to be coming up really soon towards the end of this year, which is CV Centio, which... I'm a part of and CV Labs and CVBC is a part of and Sanctum Ventures is a part of, which is specifically focused on um, providing capital to early stage startups specifically focused on the UAE ecosystem. So if you are a startup that wants, wants to set up here, then you'll have access to capital from professional investors who have a track record of investing and supporting projects at an early stage. So I think you know, the range of community, regulatory regulatory clarity, um, blockchain infrastructure, ecosystem, incubators, accelerators, government support is just, is all there. Um, the one challenge that I would say is, is happening at the moment is in terms of setting up a company here that, that issues a token. At the moment, there's no regulatory clarity on that aspect. And finally, with regards to banking account setups, the central bank hasn't issued clear guidance or regulation around crypto assets and crypto companies. So you'll have to find your banking solution elsewhere. And I think the DMCC um, crypto center, which CV Labs Dubai is, is managing and supporting 
has alternative solutions to to address that area. But overall, I think we're in a really, really good um, position here and a, a really good time to 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 move your operations here as well. Absolutely. Now we have a lot of local voices in the group, but we do have an international voice represented. Now we've chosen, we've talked a bit about the essentials and it seems that Dubai has those quite well covered. But Joseph, what exactly sets Dubai apart as a location when pitted against other hubs? Because you guys, of course, are very familiar with sort of the Silicon Valley approach um, and other international hubs. Why Dubai? Yeah, uh, I hope you guys can hear me now. Um, got crappy Wi-Fi here, so apologies for that. Um, Said has, has covered a lot of it, but, you know, one of the biggest differences between uh, California, where I've built the fund with Tim Raper and, and Alon Gore and my partners, is, is just, uh, you know, the regulatory friendliness from, from the government. Like, you know, it's not a fully baked system yet. They're still working on, on several parts of it. Uh, but the government is, is very open to crypto and blockchain technologies, uh, quite to the contrary uh, of the United States, for example, where you have big elements in the government trying to, you know, fight this and, and kill it in its tracks and, and not allow this to succeed, which is one of the reasons why we are here, because we see, you know, I have conversations with portfolio companies and friends every Joseph, we lost you again there. Again. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to get very suspicious of his terrible Wi-Fi connection. I was told Dubai is supposed to be mainly 5G by now. <laughs> 4G, 4G is, is, is everywhere at the moment. 5G Standard. Dubai is, is the fastest country after Japan, so it is the second country worldwide. <laughs> So I guess Joseph just knows how to just knows how to pick his locations. Uh, <laughs> User error in that case. Yeah, no, it is. In that case, while we wait for Joseph to uh, reconnect, I'd be curious. Um, of course, a lot of you have very close ties to ties to institutions. Um, I'd be curious to know how have institutions reacted to sort of the growing number of blockchain companies that are flocking to Dubai? You know, since let's say the beginning of 2020. I can take this one. Uh, then, Saeed, you can back me up on it as well. Uh, so uh, what we've seen is, uh, first of all, the, the PR companies started moving here and uh, really covering up the story of Dubai and the, the narrative that this is becoming very quickly the, the hub uh, for crypto around uh, the globe, basically. And uh, then soon after, we started seeing events companies moving here. And then from there, of course, the, the VCs and uh, the boutique investment companies, especially the ones that deal with crypto, started uh, moving here and having local people also stand, start their own funds uh, and having crypto in their portfolio uh, helped a lot, especially with uh, family offices uh, and the funds around uh, uh, those uh, kind of companies. Sorry. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll segue on to um, institutions kind of um, deploying capital into um, the technology and into infrastructure and ecosystem. I think um, the the larger family offices and the high net worths are certainly deploying capital into the market currently, especially in the region. Um, the larger institutions, I think, are still kind of um, wanting to have a, a lot more regulatory clarity around um, blockchain te technology, especially from the central bank and from 
ESCA, the onshore regulator. So I think they're just playing a waiting game. It's just a question of when, when and not if um, the larger institutions are going to start, you know, really supporting the infrastructure and ecosystem in the region. But I think um, I think I'd like to hear from Fatma at Do because I know Do has a really really well developed um, blockchain as a service platform, and they're servicing several UAE ag- uh, government agencies as well. So Fatma would love to hear more from you about that. Yeah, definitely, Saeed. So uh, uh, in Do, um, as you know, Do uh, is a telco uh, organization, one of the biggest organization in the UAE. Uh, and we are from the uh, new business and innovation. Uh, we actually support the government and federal across all the uh, customer segments. So federal entities, government and small and medium business in their uh, digital transformation strategy where they can actually um, transform the as is solution to an awesome to be scenario or use case on blockchain. So what we have done, as uh, Said mentioned, we build um, a full stack blockchain as a service uh, where our customers from different uh, segments and different industry, they can leverage the blockchain infrastructure, but not only infrastructure, uh, the um, the other uh, elements as well, IDEs, ready-made IDEs, ready-made features, in order for them just think about the use case they want to leverage, and we will support on the back end on everything. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, um, yeah. Fatma, we, we were one of the first people to actually jump on the, exactly. the Do uh, platform, and I'm very happy to to say that uh, you were very supportive, very actually uh, uh, at the forefront uh, of of mm-hmm. creating. Uh, uh, you know, backend solutions. So the people who are, are not familiar with blockchain technology can focus on their project rather than focusing on building the infrastructure, which was very helpful in moving Dubai very quickly within the blockchain space. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Dr. Marwan. It's nice to get such positive feedback, no? <laughs> now, we've already hit on... Yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. Um, we've already hit on the role that particularly regulation plays in sort of cementing uh, cementing the role of a blockchain hub that is hoping to attract a lot of a lot of business. But what lessons can Dubai as a jurisdiction draw from other jurisdictions, both what to do and what not to do? I think, look, uh, us, uh, us in Dubai, we don't, uh, you know, uh, jump into new things without studying them. And of course, with everything we did, even with uh, with things like uh, e- e-government and, and smart cities and things like that, we always look at what others are doing, and we actually rather than with them, uh, go to them with special you know delegations and look at what they're doing and and lessons learned from their experiences, and then we try to you know avoid the mistakes that they made and then leverage the Dubai's strength uh, in actually creating uh, ecosystems that. Uh, help from all aspects, from the funding, from the ecosystem, from the talent pool, and also from even the things that people take for granted, which is infrastructure. You've seen that if the connection is bad, we cannot have a, you know, a conversation. Um, so all these things that people take for granted are available in Dubai. It's a very safe city to be in. It's a very safe environment uh, to do business in. The judicial system is amazing they, it's, and swift and fast. The regulations are mature. We have, and for example, the IFC, uh, British Common Law, their international uh, court as well. 
So uh, all of these things, all these elements that are taken for granted uh, by people who live in Dubai are actually a game changer for somebody who sees it for the first time. And I think this is a part of the attraction uh, for Dubai when it comes to even uh, things like crypto. Uh, we're not perfect, but we are doing our best to make this uh, a really good, uh, wholesome environment for, for somebody to go in. Joseph, let's give it a go. What what lessons do you think Dubai can learn from other jurisdictions? I'm I'm scared every time I say something. My <laughs> Wi-Fi gives up. <laughs> you're good. Um, you're good now, bro. You know, I think uh, you know one of the big advantages that Dubai has is is that it can move very quickly, right? They don't have a Congress, no Senate to deal with. It's a it's a top-down kind of government system that in in this case works very well. You know, so if if uh, the top of the government gives gives a directive, then the rest of the government just executes it. They don't argue over it, and and I think that's that's what we see here. They they decided that blockchain is good for the country, uh, crypto is the future. You know, love it or hate it, and, and it's something that I, I discussed or we discussed actually with Ahmed bin Sulaim on our fireside chat yesterday, where he made it very clear. You know, if regardless if you're a fan of this or not. It's the future, and Dubai wants to be a part of it. And and I, I I am very impressed and and excited about the way they're implementing it, the speed at which they are doing this, and and that's what attracts us as outsiders to bring outside capital, and uh, you know help strengthen and, and and grow the ecosystem here. No, absolutely. Um, of course, the blockchain space itself is no stranger to certain tensions. Um, Joseph, you already dropped the SEC name earlier. Um, but often, at the end of the day, right, often tensions arise between companies and startups um, and institutions and governments. So what do both sides of that spectrum need to consider when they interact with each other? Is this for me? Anyone in the group, you've guys? Spoke, you've spoken the least, Joseph, so you should, you uh, should take a stab. Go, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm so terrified of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think for me, um, look, there's, there's two sides when it comes to blockchain and crypto. You have the traditional world, which I was fortunate, fortunate enough to be a part of when I was working for Abu Dhabi Investment Authority for nine years before I switched over to the blockchain and crypto space. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they're more cautious. The more, the more capital and the more wealth um, somebody has, it's just human nature for them to be more cautious and, and, and want to take less risk with that capital. Um, but then you, you have the, the new world of crypto and blockchain where, where it's mostly actually millennials and, and the younger generation that have embraced blockchain and understand the value of crypto and what it brings to the table. And they're just, you know, kind of um, fed up with the kind of centralized approach to everything. And they want a more efficient and decentralized manner of, of participating and, and doing business. So I think to, to be to be successful, you have to, like, balance um, both sides. And I think if you can speak the language of, of the traditional folks and then also understand the needs and wants of the newer generation and the, and the blockchain people and just find the right um, kind of balance and and uh, common ground, then I think that's that's an optimal solution. I don't think you can ignore either side. If you're a project or a business that wants to be successful, then you have to you know be kind of open-minded and and hear the concerns that 
both sides have and try to address those. If you're just focused on one side, I think you're definitely missing out and you're not, um, you're not taking everything into account. No, absolutely. What do the what what are the potential avenues you think for that type of collaboration or just knowledge exchange? What do you think has worked well in other in other cases? Yeah, I think in terms of like the regulation, especially in terms of regulation, um, you have um, the likes of the onshore regulator ESCA, um, and they're kind of listening to and taking opinions from. Um, the institutions and the traditional people. Um, and then they're also inviting um, the participants in the actual market, um, like the real players in the market, like exchanges and um, the picks and shovels and, and service providers in the industry. And they're getting their opinions and, and they're doing working groups, et cetera. So I think leveraging both sides um, when it comes to especially making decisions and especially when it comes to regulation, it's, it's very important to... Uh, take into account that you're not over-regulating and you're not under-regulating um, because, you know, if you're over-regulating, you're stifling innovation. Um, and if you're under-regulating, then you kind of not really protecting the consumers and, and the participants in the market. It's a delicate balance to strike, I think, absolutely. Now we've touched on that axis of sort of capital, talent and infrastructure before. What on that front do you think still needs to be done specifically in Dubai, in order to help it unlock its full potential as a blockchain hub? I think, look, there are certain technologies that... that Uh-oh, we're losing Dr. Marwan now. <laughs> Fatma, you want to have a go at it? Please go ahead. Yes. So uh, I believe the regulation, so um, the regulation should be actually more adapting the new technologies, the new solutions in order for them to scale, uh, as well as the uh, adaption of the other niche technologies beyond the blockchain. So blockchain can actually work with a lot of um, industries and uh, customer segments, but it needs also uh, uh, other technologies to support uh, and um, complete the uh, the solution end to end like AI, IoT, and so on. So, um, looking to the, uh, to the solution from the overall solution, and we don't actually focus on certain technology or receipt. We need to focus more on the uh, innovation and the market need. So, this is in my view. Yeah, on maybe the maybe side, I'll add to that. Yeah, I'll add to that. That I think I think. Um, I think at the moment there's there's brilliant ideas and and talent that's coming in from outside, um, but what I'd love to see is um, kind of the educational um, entities um, trying to encourage the the young um, UAE national talent to actually come through. So one of the one of the reasons why I'm actually um, very much um, actively participating in conferences and events and panels like this is to actually show that there are UAE nationals who are embracing the, the, the market and embracing the technology and, and are passionate about what they're doing. And I want to see the younger UAE nationals here in the region and, and the younger um, local population to actually see somebody who's taking the risk and who's actually actively involved in, in this market and, um, and taking a lot of risk and trying to educate people 
And then that would encourage them to say, you know, like, actually, if Saeed's done it, then why can't I do it? I mean, I started from zero knowledge of blockchain and crypto. And over the last five years, I've, I've built that slowly and gradually. And I've leveraged, you know, my network and, and partners and, and friends and colleagues who have already been participating in the market. So, you know, my door is always open for anybody who wants to learn about this space. I think Dr. Marwan is a great role model for us as well, for the younger talent. So I really want the UAE nationals here to em embrace the technology and learn about it and, um, and get some exposure to crypto as well and, and make the mistakes that we have all made. And um, I'd love to see that happening here. At the end of the day, I think on the, on the talent front, there's always room for improvement, right? And the Dubai Blockchain Center is a huge part in making sure that that next generation of talent gets educated um, and has the tools in order to sort of bring on that innovation that's grown locally, which is an essential part. Um, Dr. Marvan, I want to give you the opportunity to respond since we unfortunately lost you tragically earlier. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, so I think education is, is twofold. So it's one, one of the things is, is not only teaching people what the current technology is, uh, but also open their mind of where the puck is gonna, going to be. Uh, and in this case, you know, looking at uh, young, the younger generation, we actually do a class, it's a three-day uh, class for government departments here in Dubai under the Dubai Future Foundation. And we teach them uh, what uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency are going to look like in a couple of years, maybe in five years, 10 years as well and have this kind of interact, interactive workshop where they can discuss the ideas of what they think DeFi is going to look like in five years or 10 years, what NFTs are going to look like in five to 10 years, and what do you, th do you, think, do you think this whole technology is heading towards? Uh, it's, it's amazing to, to see how people, uh, if you provide them with the, just the basic knowledge, what use cases and ideas they can come up with. And another uh, great idea for, for Dubai is actually creating spaces where they are uh, collision spaces. Uh, one of the spaces is, for example, uh, DMCC Crypto Center. There's another space, which is uh, one central in, in um, Dubai, where there are crypto companies, startups from all as aspects of life uh, in the same building as Dubai Tourism. Uh, so it's an amazing collision space between, you know, creatives, between people who are influencers, uh, uh, technical people, uh, people working with cutting-edge stuff like crypto. Uh, collision spaces are very important, and, and a lot of people don't realize this. When they create hubs, they create hubs for specific technology. Uh, the, the hubs should be around uh, you know, the idea of making people from different walks of life run into each other and get introduced to each other's you know, perspective as well. And this is, uh, I think, what Dubai did very nicely with things like uh, Area 2071, Abu Dhabi has done it also with Hub 71. And, uh, you know, we've seen more and more uh, places like this uh, popping up in, in the UAE and across, across the world as well. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. I'll point towards the USA as well. And I'll, I'll let Joseph um, talk about that. But I think I'm very impressed with all the universities and colleges in the US that are actually providing um, qualifications and training courses and educational certificates specifically to blockchain. And I think... Um, if I'm not wrong, there is also Draper University, so maybe Joseph can can talk about that as well. If, if he's there. <laughs> if we have him. 
we we see him he's with us in spirit i think unfortunately the audio might be cutting out again <laughs> and, and i think we're we are also taking this connectivity for granted if you look at it physically we are the furthest two points on earth uh oh <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness one casually after the other <laughs> all right Fatma, well you know, it's any, Fatma, you see any colleges or universities that are yeah are doing this? so um, yeah true Said. so um, we have uh, uh, Zaid University and Khalifa University both of them actually they're um, encouraging the students to start doing uh, researches on blockchain and on different technologies and uh, I myself, actually, I did a lot of mentorship uh, for the students in uh, Zaid University and Khalifa University. So it is there and um, students there, they, uh, even in the uh, third year and the fourth year, they know what is the blockchain is and what uh, the benefit of blockchain and the technology and so on. And they actually totally aware of the benefits, but not only benefits, the uh, use cases across different industries. So uh, I wanted to tell you that. So yes, Zayed University and Khalifa University, both universities, they have this um, uh, initiative and their students actually, they work on uh, researches um, on blockchain and on also different uh, technologies. Now we've hit on, we've hit on talent, we've hit on uh, its potential. I'd be quite interested um, from you guys are there any particular areas or industries or topics where you believe that Dubai-based startups or Dubai-based talent could emerge as sort of the next rising star? Um, I know you guys at Chisha Finance are very heavily involved in the DeFi space. Where do you see, you know, how, how do you estimate the local, really like the local, um, the, the local talent could be rising in that space? Yeah, I think, I think, um, one of the industries and, and one of the markets in the UAE and in the region that's that's always been kind of um, mature and where there's a lot of capital invested is, is real estate. So I think um, greater innovation in the real estate sector and, and more specifically with um, tokenization of real estate or fractionalization of real estate assets, I think that would be um, an area where, where, you know, there would be good, good uh, scope for innovation and, and there is a large market for people to capture that market and digitize that market. So I think I think where where most of the money is and where the biggest market cap is, that's where you'll see the most opportunity and that's hopefully where you'll see the most innovation. Joseph, let's kick it out to you. Where do you where do you uh, guys with Draper Gordon Holmes see the most potential? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. I had to refresh my window <laughs> No again. worries, let's try again. Um, so particularly when it comes to Dubai, are there any particular areas or industries where you are paying particular attention because you think Dubai could emerge as sort of a rising star in this specific field? I think there is a lot of potential in, in uh, you know, token in, in token launches and, and, you know, regulating token launches and, and security tokens. That's something where Switzerland has been uh, pretty good, but there there isn't really another jurisdiction that that um, really excels at, at that. So I think that will be one of the big things. But you know, we as a fund, we're we're use case agnostic. We we look at the highly regulated digital assets, security token 
side of things and then you know the the highly unregulated DeFi side of things and and I think there is potential in in all of those areas for Dubai as far as we're concerned you know as as an early stage blockchain fund we we invest in teams uh with great ideas and and to us it it doesn't really matter uh so much uh you know which vertical they're in so um i think there is there and we're so early in this game too right so there's there's a lot of potential in in all areas uh of of this industry for dubai to to really excel as long as they build a framework that's sensible and reliable and and not like we talked about yesterday on the fireside chat like essentially playing russian roulette with the mm-hmm. sec uh and never never knowing when they will come cracking down on you and and what will happen to your startup or from our side to your investment so i think that you know dubai is in a really really good position to um you know take take the lead globally frankly uh to become that that hub where where startups and and capital and investors you know have clarity and and security and and know to which framework to operate in uh to to be successful and and again then it doesn't really matter uh the the uh you know precise vertical i'm curious to hear fatma's thoughts on nft as a use case and if if do is looking into that or utilizing that hmm. uh yes said but uh, i cannot disclose this information <laughs> to be honest <laughs> it's just us and 20,000 people on the live yeah you find <laughs> no it doesn't have to do it doesn't have to be what do is doing but what do is seeing in the in the market around nfts maybe so uh, we see actually um, great um, demand in the uh, nft and uh, maybe that's why we are working on uh, certain use cases but i will not disclose them as well <laughs> by the way the fact that you guys are actively involved in it must mean you see some potential huh? so we'll take that we'll take that <laughs> I think I think Dr. Marwan has been doing some really good stuff with NFTs specifically around cars so mm-hmm. that'll be good to hear about. Yes so so we're creating uh, a number of things we're experimenting still with with NFTs so for the cars we're doing cars that are uh, you know uh, uh, in real life uh, wrapped with uh, uh, art digital art as well as uh, augmented reality virtual reality as well as uh, moments associated with these cars. um in addition to that we are doing nfts for real life items as well whether it is uh, agriculture or fisheries or even uh, labeling different types of unique merchandise uh, is an amazing use case for nfts and one of the use cases that have actually moved to dubai is called ice caps where you actually can buy uh, real life diamonds mm-hmm. um on the open sea platform so um and there's also a, a platform called galaxy of arts that has already been established in Dubai and Dubai World Trade Center Authority is another uh, NFT platform uh, created by French people who moved to Dubai called Jumi as well um and they're doing uh, purely digital art with frames and and uh, uh, that you can display in your house uh, so uh, there's a lot of them also uh, popping up every day um especially around gaming and the metaverse and i think Dubai is slowly becoming the the hub for not only crypto and nfts but also esports and gaming 
at the end of the day, there are a lot of, let's say, industries, right, where Dubai already excels, commodities, um, luxury goods. Where do you see or how do you see that potentially linking into the different possibilities that blockchain presents? Uh, I'll give an example. So so in a couple of weeks, we have uh, Dubai Watch Week, which is uh, taking place in uh, DIFC. And uh, within that uh, conference, uh, in, the watch, in the Watch Week, we actually have a special session on NFTs and how they are associated with luxury goods. There are already companies that are looking into that, especially for collectibles. So as you collect, you know, uh, real watches, uh, people are now collecting uh, you know, Nike shoes in the metaverse, they're collecting special watches and special items, uh, luxury items within the metaverse. So when you buy a real life item, you also get the metaverse equivalent of that item. So and a lot of other, you know, utility based. Uh, so you're getting discounts and exclusiv- exclusivity to buy certain luxury items like bags or goods and get first in line and some, you know, drops, whether it is in the virtual world or, or in real life as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now we've talked about sort of Dubai's role as a hub, how it's coming into, how it's growing into that role. I'd be curious to know how specifically can or should Dubai interact with other blockchain hubs? At the end of the day, this is all part of one global network, right? Decentralization means that we are positioned in a very global industry. So how does Dubai factor into the greater global picture? Joseph, I know you already mentioned that you think it will emerge as an absolute leader. Um, I think everyone in this group agrees. But what will that interaction look like in the future of that role? But it's, it's not a binary world, right? So there, there will be there will be others as well, and and I think that you know in particular, CV Labs at the DMCC is is doing a great job of of you know building two ecosystems that support each other, and and at the end of the day, I you know I think it's all about collaboration. Um, that's that's what we are very big on as a fund, uh, as a venture studio. Also, me personally, right? I think that there is there is you know, Dubai alone can't succeed. Switzerland alone can't succeed. It, it's 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 uh, you know one one uh, tide uh, floats all boats or raises all boats, and 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 that's kind of like how how I look at it. So, um, you know, the more the more collaborations there are between countries, between ecosystems, uh, all working towards the same goal, uh, the the better we'll all be off, right? It's it's very very simple. This is a global world. We're all living planet and and if we don't you know pursue our shared interests and and help each other out uh no one is going to succeed so it's 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 very straightforward in my opinion i totally agree i think uh, malta has been very helpful to us here in dubai as well as singapore and coming up with regulations around uh, both uh, cryptocurrencies as well as as uh, uh, gaming so uh, uh, we are not in a, va- in a vacuum. We're not in, in an island. I think we are very well connected and very well, you know, um, uh, uh, very friendly with other countries that actually help us in in, in moving this uh, industry forward. And I think everybody plays a role and everybody adds to this rather than compete. It's friendly competition, right? There is certainly competition, but it's also collaboration, and that's in the in the end what's going to work. Yes, exactly. Saeed, how do you think Dubai will fit into the greater global picture? Yeah, I think um, Dubai has always been kind of a, 
a central hub, um, especially for travel. So I think, you know, it's, it's easy for us here in Dubai to reach um, many different countries. And I know that, for example, the Emirates Securities and Commodities Authority, they have been in close um, communication and, and dialogue with, you know, the FCA, with the Sing Singapore authorities, with the SEC, and with other jurisdictions when they're actually considering um, the onshore framework and regulation, which they're con consistently studying and, and hoping to deliver in, in, in the near future. So I think, you know, we, we also are a very neutral country, which has very close diplomatic ties with so many other countries out there. I think at one point the UAE passport was um, was one of the top kind of passports where you can enter um, so many different countries um, with the passport. So I think leveraging on our um, close diplomatic ties with many countries, we were able to kind of get through to the right people and the right industries to, to kind of collaborate and work together. And I think just as the same as it is with, with companies in, in a new market, where, you know, if you, if you have the right partners and you strike up the most amount of partnerships, then you have the best chance of success. And I know like with Shisha Finance and, and Draper Goran Home, we have a really good kind of partnership because I know DGH really invests early stage on the equity side. But then with, with the case of one or two of their portfolio companies, Shisha Finance has come in early stage on the token side of these um, companies that DGH supported on the equity side. Um, and we're like kind of taking them onto the next level on the token side. So I think collaboration between um, the regulators and the and the market participants is, is always very important. And um, you can't work um, in isolation. The world is, is closely connected. Travel is easily accessible to everyone. So I think if you're not leveraging that and, and communicating with, with everybody, no matter where they are in the world, then you're kind of missing out there. Missed opportunity, definitely. Fatma, on a closing note, I'd like to pose the same question to you. Well, as Dr. Marwan and uh, Saeed mentioned, so um, uh, once we have the regulation set uh, in the country, we'll be able to open uh, with other countries. And uh, as Saeed mentioned, Dubai is always the hub of innovation and the hub of the use cases and solutions, uh, blockchain solutions, but also it's... Um, uh, providing the uh, the exposure to different blockchain network across the universe. So again, the regulation, once uh, the regulation um, uh, is set in Dubai and also meeting the regulation with the other uh, blockchain networks, we'll be able to integrate with each other. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think I speak for everyone when we say that we will keep a close eye on Dubai and see what happens in the coming months. I think it's far from over to the four of you and Rolf in spirit. Um, thank you so, so much for taking the time and joining us today to the 20,000 people that have joined us online virtually. Thank you so much for taking the time. Please do enjoy the rest of the LA Blockchain Summit. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you, Thank you for having us.